This podcast is brought to you by MonthlyChallenge.fit. It's like Weight Watchers better help and the biggest loser had a baby. Check it out, MonthlyChallenge.fit. Today on the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, she lost 240 pounds in 17 months. We're talking to Megan from cmeganshrink.com. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. We left our excuses in the past, and we've forgiven ourselves for abusing the gift that is our bodies. From this point forward, our health is more important. We will stay focused. We will stay determined. We will sacrifice now knowing that it's not going to be easy so that we can live a better tomorrow. We understand that weight loss is a marathon, not a sprint. It's about making lifestyle changes and that the only person who can stop you is you. You know where you are now and you know where you want to be. The new you begins today. Let's go. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it. Womp, womp, womp. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the school of podcasting.com. If you're new to the show, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trainer. I'm just a person in the spare bedroom, yeah, trying to lose weight. I want to thank, if you are a regular listener, I want to thank you for re, uh, just being kind. I've been absent for about a month. Because I moved. In fact, I'm I'm 98% done moving. I have to go at this point now, go clean the apartment so I can get my deposit back. But uh, it's been a, a, a fun journey, to say the least. And uh, if you've ever seen the movie The Money Pit, yeah, that's kind of what I'm going through. Uh, but uh, first things first, the weigh-in. The last time we talked, geez, Louise, this was back in October. I was at 227. And... Yesterday, the 4th of November, I woke up and it was at 2.30. Now, it used to be 2.25 was my holy cow moment. And now, sadly, I need to fix that. It's now 2.30. And I'll tell you what I did last night. Now, I moved into the house I grew up in. In fact, as I record this right now, I'm in what used to be my parents' bedroom, which is a little creepy. And uh, it's been repainted. We've got new carpet, all sorts of things like that. But I was like, look... This whole time, I said, as soon as I get done moving, I'm going to take my health serious. And you've probably done this as well, where you're like, well, as soon as this is done, I'll do this. Well, I was like, it's time. You're you're done moving. Yes, I need to hang a mirror in the bathroom. And let's face it, when you have a house, it's never really done. It's kind of like a website. And so I was like, well, it's time to put some things on paper. So I have the Nordic track. Basically, if you've seen the Peloton bikes that are like 3,000, I bought a, a fancy Nordic track one, and they now have live classes and all sorts of fun things. And I was like, well, it's time to put some of those on the calendar, like a doctor's appointment that you can't miss. So I've been doing that. And then the other thing is, as I'm I'm back in the old neighborhood, well, some of my best memories of this were me and my, my best friends walking around the neighborhood and 
where I'm at, there's just not much here. There really is a bunch of bars at the end of the street, probably because, well, there's just not much here. But uh, we used to walk to the grocery store. And so last night I was in need of, you know, I needed some uh, bread and a couple other things. It was just like four items. And I was like, you know what? This is what I used to do when I was 14. It was nice out, which is unheard of in November in Ohio where I am. It was like 60 some degrees. So I put on a, a winter coat, but didn't zip it up and walked to the grocery store, which it turns out was 20 minutes. Walked in, got my bread, couple other things and walked home. And, you know, I woke up this morning and I was down a pound. And so I, as much as you can't exercise away weight, like if you, if I had come home and eaten a pizza, it wouldn't have mattered is what I mean by that. Exercise is always helpful, but you do have to watch what you've been eating. And so I did. So it was just a matter of like, Hey, it's November. In fact, the first week in November is pretty much done. Put up or shut up kiddo. And so I've been doing that. And, uh, so expect the show much more regularly from me. Today, I've got an interview and her website, C. Megan Shrink, lost 240 pounds. And the thing I like about her is you will see where she just figured out what works for her. And I'll talk more about that at the end of the interview. And we'll get to that interview right after this. When it comes to food tracking, there's a new name in town, and that is Chronometer. It's a great app that gives you tons of stats, and their database is a whole lot more accurate than things like MyFitnessPal. Oh, and it's cheaper. One of my favorite things is if I have a food that's not in the database, I simply scan the label, and the software inputs the information for you. You can check out Chronometer by going to LogicalLoss.com slash food tracking. That's LogicalLoss.com slash food tracking. Have you checked out the Logical Weight Loss Resources section? We have things like calorie trackers, breath analyzers, water reminders, weight loss challenges, scales, fitness trackers, habit reinforcement, mental health, weight training. If you have sore muscles, we've got resources for that. Some of my favorite books, our favorite supplements, it's all there. Go over to LogicalLoss.com slash resources. What if you took the accountability of Weight Watchers and combined it with the support of a like-minded community and the spark of a weight loss challenge? Well, you can find out at monthlychallenge.fit. The next challenge starts on the 1st. Use the coupon code NOW100 to get your first month free. Go to monthlychallenge.fit. Megan, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. But in this video, how much weight did you lose? But 240 pounds. Holy cow. And at your, at your heaviest, you were? 420 pounds. Yeah, that's so, so you have pictures on your website where you're 420 pounds, and then you just keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And so how long did it take you to lose the 240 pounds? 17 months. months. Okay. So that is, I did the math. That is 15 pounds a month. That is a ton of weight, super fast. How did that happen? Cause I know everybody here is like, how well I'll sign up for that. I'll <laughs> Holy cow. 
It was it was mainly a, a mindset change. I lived in a very, very dark mindset for a really long time. I've always been, well, I had always been overweight starting as a kid. Mm. So for a really long time, I just thought I'm supposed to be big. Everybody in my family is big. I've always been big. I played football in high school. I was a lineman. So I've been a big woman for pretty much my entire life. And my weight has fluctuated up and down over the years. I lost, I would lose like a hundred pounds and, and then gain it back. And then I would diet and lose a hundred pounds and then gain it back. And I just, I never really got to wonderland though. (laughs) So that was kind of like my goal starting out was I, I didn't care how long it took me though. I was more concerned with getting there eventually and what my life would be like at that weight. So along with setting a goal weight for myself, I kind of set a goal lifestyle. And then I started working towards living that lifestyle every single day and, and getting as close to that lifestyle as I could. Well, you said you growing up, you were kind of a big kid looking back as an armchair kind of quarterback. Now, why do you think that was? I didn't. It, it started out with, as a kid, we eat what's in front of us. So I was given really large portions. I was, I had a lot of home cooking with like butter and lard. <laughs> and I live with my grandma a lot. Sometimes we would be there for months at a time. Sometimes our parents would come and pick me and my sister up. And my grandma ate dinner at three o'clock at night. So... <laughs> We had breakfast at six. We'd usually have lunch at school. Then we would have dinner when we came home from school shortly after three. And then if our parents would pick us up, then we'd have another dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got used to, to eating multiple times a day more than the average person. And then I kind of got to witness some family members struggle with their weight really early on in my life. I would go to like meetings with my mom for weight management and that sort of thing. So I got really used to the idea of women are never happy with their bodies. <laughs> women are, I, I was just around women who are always struggling with their weight. So it became pretty, pretty normal and pretty like acceptable that you're not going to be happy with your weight. And then I would say just I mean, I did play football for seven years growing up, so I was around guys. We were eating guy-sized portions. We were playing football, so we could eat a lot. And I was, when I was in high school, I weighed between 220 and 350. So, I mean, I wasn't a small person in high school either, but my weight, it did bounce around, just kind of depending on what I had going on and where my focuses were in life. Well, and I'm thinking high school playing football, somehow I'm thinking not everyone was was into that game plan. I, did you get bullied a lot? Did you get a lot of people making fun of you or anything like that? Or Before I started playing football, I actually, I was, I had a few friends, but not very many. I didn't, I, I would play like games like, how long can I go without actually saying a word? When will someone notice that I'm not talking? I did a lot of that earlier. And then when my dad had taken me to a keg party and there was a rec league football coach there who was talking about another guy who weighed 250 pounds in like sixth grade. And my dad's like, Oh, Megan, take him. <laughs> and <laughs> the uh, coach was like, I bet you she couldn't. And he was like, Oh, I bet you, you she could. So he said, bring her out and we'll see. 
And so he brought me to the rec league football tryout. Well, everybody makes a team, but they tell you which team you get on the good team or the bad team. (laughs) And I I just showed up and so they put me on a team. And after my first day of practice, I was walking back out through the parking lot and I heard some of the dads were taking a bet on how long I would last. And I asked my dad, like, what was the longest bet? And somebody said that they thought that I would make it through the season because I looked tough and I was big. And so I said, well, I'm just going to play through high school then. And that's just what I did. And I think people that know me just know that I, I, I didn't really care <laughs> what they thought about it. I just, I enjoyed it and I liked it. I, it was, it was actually really fun. It was really enjoyable. There you go. It was, I, I actually have a very supportive town. I do. So I, I was really lucky. I got to do that. And that was a really fun experience and not something that a lot of teenage girls get to do. Yeah. Well, you said you, you lost a hundred pounds and then you're kind of like me, like, oh, I lost it. But uh, turns out it was, it was right there. I found it. Why do you think you're keeping it off now? Like, what's the difference? Because I regained it so many times. (laughs) I don't think of those anymore as failures. I, I learned a lot from that. Gaining the weight back taught me that whatever I did to lose the weight, I'm going to have to do the rest of my life. And I knew coming in this time, I wasn't doing anything that I wasn't prepared to do the rest of my life. Mm. You think that's the biggest difference is you went, okay, uh, like I know the one video I saw where you said you exercise like minimum 10 minutes a day. Is is that just something like, can I do this for the rest of my life? Was that the criteria of everything you tried? Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to make it very positive and fun. I had a very, very negative mindset. And I knew for me, I needed to change my mind if I was going to change my life. And then if I changed my life, then my weight's going to change along with me. So I approached it purely from a actions bring results standpoint. I didn't care what I weighed. I, I cared what, what I was doing and if I was getting to where I wanted to go. And not necessarily in sizes or pant sizes going down, but more in what I was doing in my everyday life. Like, was I being active every day? Was I eating foods every day that were actually fueling my body? Or was I like eating foods that were fueling my emotions? So it, it was really important for me to to make sure whatever I did, I, I wanted to do for the rest of my life or whatever I promised myself I'm going to do, then I'm, I'm going to do it. So if I promise myself I'm going to do a program, then I'm going to do the program. I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to I'm going to keep my promise to myself. What do you think is the biggest difference in your diet between, you know, before and after? I'm like, it's completely different. (laughs) Um, So I did gradual changes for mine. I was eating who knows how many calories every day. And most of it was not, not natural food. It, it, I, most of what I was eating, I don't even know if I consider that food anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of embarrassing. But so I didn't know how to cook. I didn't know I didn't know how to design a a dinner. For me, it was like, what do I got? Did I have frozen dinners that I wanted to make? Did I want to sit down and eat a loaf of butter bread for dinner? Did I want (laughs) to... I have a whole box of Pop-Tarts here. They're looking pretty good. Maybe I'll just put down the whole thing. Like, that was... It was just kind of like, 
living life willy nilly, doing what I want when I want, eating what sounded good whenever sounded good. I ate out a lot towards the end. I probably ate out probably most of my meals or all of my meals. Yeah. So you you said you didn't know how to cook. I'm going to assume that has changed now or? Yes. I actually, one of the things when I was doing my lifestyle changes, I wanted to learn how to cook. And I I was a mom, so it's not like I could like go to a cooking class. Right. So I got HelloFresh and HelloFresh actually taught me how to cook. There you go. That's an easy way. And then it was just a matter of, okay, they gave me this and, and you kind of learn what you like and you start to experiment. And And I had not had a lot of experience with vegetables other than my grandma makes green beans that are smothered in pork. <laughs> like that, that was like the closest I was getting to vegetable dishes before HelloFresh. And they kind of showed me how to make vegetables taste good and how to season food, which I didn't, if I wasn't seasoning it with butter and salt, then that was about as seasoning as I got. So learning how to use spices and, and make foods flavorful was really good. I, I'm there with you. I remember my mom used to make rice, which was basically a bowl of butter and salt with some, you know, rice thrown into it. It was like, it was pretty much it. Uh, now you also, in the video, you mentioned how kind of your sister has kind of been your sounding bard, your board, maybe your accountability partner. Do you think you could have done this without her? I mean, I wouldn't have tried. I was in a very, very dark place when I started my journey. The only reason I am still here to this day is because of my daughter. I couldn't leave her in this world without me to take care of her willingly. So my sister is really the one who just, she wouldn't let it go. She just kept asking and asking and asking me to join her on her own lifestyle journey. And if I wouldn't have seen her do it and and had known that, she's been through some of the same trauma that I've been through. She's been some of those same experiences. She's had a lot of the same background as me and she still was like brave enough and she still was excited enough. And she still had all this hope for herself that I was like, if she can do it, like I I don't want to miss out on this too. So I think there was a little bit of like fear of missing out uh, and just sisterly support. But I mean, once I got started, it, I'm not going to say every day was easy, but I, I loved it. And I had her love for me kind of gave me enough self-respect to want to start taking care of myself. Yeah, because I think that's one of the hardest things you mentioned. You kind of started in a dark place. And a lot of times the dark place leads us to eating bad food, which then makes us feel bad about ourselves, which leads to us eating more bad. And it's just this spiral thing. And I think it's the hardest thing to to kind of turn around. So when you have somebody and it's like you said, even if you didn't want to, you're like, and, and I, I love the fact you said, instead of focusing on the numbers and on, the, I'm just going to focus on my actions because if I do the actions, the actions will lead to the numbers and, and that whole nine yards. So that's a, a great strategy. Do you think it was more your change in diet or the fact that you started to exercise? I, I think you got to have them both. I have really bad arthritis in my back. Mm. So my movements in the beginning were not extreme or extravagant or I wasn't dripping with sweat like in the beginning. For me, 10 minutes of purposeful activity could have been clean in my house. Like that's I was to the point where I didn't even I hadn't cleaned my house and I don't know how long. And I just 
I still hadn't unpacked my house and I had moved in in October. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, it still was, it was still packed up because I couldn't find the energy or the motivation to even unpack my house. And I, I think setting such a low standard of 10 minutes of purposeful activity a day helps me realize I could do it. If I had told myself I'm going to work out every single day, I wouldn't have had that feel good mentality because I know I didn't work out every single day, but I had 10 minutes of purposeful activity. I could do 10 minutes of yoga. I could go on a 10 minute walk with my dogs and my daughter. I could do 10 minutes and I knew in my head I could do 10 minutes and just sticking to that 10 minutes gave me a sense of, of self-esteem boost. Like I'm, I'm doing my 10 minutes. I've got my 10 minutes. And then I was able to build off of that. Once I felt, that I had built up my self-esteem and my self-confidence. You no, know, I could show up for myself every day. There you go. And so when you were, you know, really dropping the weight there during those 17 months, what was a typical day? What did that look like for you? So I would pick it up probably about 5.30, do a 30-minute workout. Then I would take my daughter and my dogs for a walk after I showered. Then I would head to drop my daughter off at daycare and then I would go to work at work I would probably eat my breakfast or I would eat breakfast at home just kind of depends and then at lunchtime I would eat like a small little lunch and then the rest of the time I would go on a walk or eventually I moved up to jogging so I had like about 30 minute 40 minute walk or run and then I would pick my daughter up from her daycare, which was pretty close to where I worked. And then usually we would have to go back to work for a couple more hours after I picked her up. And then after we got done at work, then we would come home and then I would make dinner and we would do something together and then get ready for bed. With your, your daughter, how do you, is she the kind of person's like, mom, how come there's no cheesy poofs in the house? How do you, how do you handle that? This is not something that everyone can do, but for me, I was able to say that's her food and and know what is her food and what's my food. I don't follow the food addict plan per se, but I do believe that sugar and flour and wheat are addictive substances. So there are certain foods that I choose to abstain from because I cannot do moderation with. I'm with you. I have a couple things that I'm just like for me, I know peanuts are a great source of like, you know, fats and protein, but no, they can't be in the house because I can't eat six. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, that's just yeah. not going to happen. So for for me, I, I can have them in the house as long as I know I've chosen to abstain from them. And I, I know it's not mine. So and. Really, a lot. Once I started eating clean, not a lot of those kind of things even tempt me anymore. I still love like ice cream, yeah, but I, I wouldn't want to like a little Debbie cake. Like that doesn't sound yeah. like to me. Well, <laughs> like you bring me like a, a big old ice cream sundae, then I'm like, oh, I'm down. But <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, we don't keep many of those at the house. Well, and I know there's like 87, just like ice cream flavors, there's 80, you know, there's keto, there's paleo, there's, you know, vegan, there's like, are you a, a, just a calorie counter? Do you like, or do you just go by, I eat till I'm full? What's your, what's your strategy on food? 
so since I've done so many diets and I watch The Biggest Loser every single season, I like I know a lot about calories. I know a lot about calorie density. I know a lot about nutrition. I used to have a nutritionist. One place I worked actually paid for us to have a nutritionist. So I've had like so much information over the years that it just kind of comes naturally to me now. I cannot count calories. I cannot track points and I cannot do like count macros. If it's anything with an amount or restrictive in any way, it triggers my food addiction. And I just, it's like that button where it's like, okay, you have to stop here. Then I'm that person that's going to go that next step because it's a mental thing. So when I stopped trying to track things, I actually did a lot better because it wasn't triggering that compulsive thinking about food. I was able to just design my own. I I know what a healthy plate looks like. I know it's got lean meat, protein. I know I need my vegetables, healthy grains, whole grains. So I, I don't really follow a diet or a meal plan. It's just knowing kind of in my head, like I, that last meal was kind of heavy on the proteins. Maybe I need to have a few more leafy greens and vegetables next time or yeah. that kind of, that kind of, it, it's just keeping, keeping my choices in mind. Well, it, it's, I would call that the, the common sense diet in a way, Yeah, you know, it's, and really what I saw a lot of people, what, how I really started out if it was looking at what I was already eating and then asking myself, how can I make this healthier? Just look at it and say, what could I do to to make this healthier and still enjoy it? 99% of the time, it's getting rid of the bread and adding some more veggies. So (laughs) a lot of things that I did, like I just switched steak and cheese subs for steak and cheese stuffed peppers. They, it just came natural to me because I I like the the good part, the steak and cheese. I want that. Like that's yummy. Yeah. But I don't necessarily have to have the, the, the bread to be happy. And I should have a few more vegetables to be fueling my body a little bit better. Yeah, I know out at your website, again, that's uh, cmeganshrink.com. You have there that, that food is fuel. You've got uh, workouts. You've got lifestyle coaching if people need some help with that. I also see you have supplements. What are your thoughts on supplements? Did you use supplements during this time too? Yeah, I, I did. I actually had a family member who had gastric bypass surgery and it went not so well. Yeah. And I was actually to the point where if I could have afforded surgery, I would have considered it. But as a single mom and the fact that our hospital here wouldn't do the surgery for me, they wanted to send me somewhere else because I was so large that I I couldn't do surgery. So my sister is starting in these supplements and she had lost like 40 pounds with the supplements and the lifestyle change. So she's the one who got me to try them and they actually helped a lot. And what I tell people is they're not a magic pill. Like they're, they're not a magic bullet. This is going to make you lose 240 pounds in one day. Like, but they are a tool just like surgery is a tool. Supplements are a tool. Yeah. For me, it's always kind of, they seem a little bit like fertilizer. You know what I mean? If you, you plant the seed and you get the sunlight and you add the water, it'll grow. But if you throw a little fertilizer on that, it'll grow faster. And I think that's how supplements kind of work. They're, you know, they're not, like you said, it's not a magic pill. Yeah. Like if you're eating because for emotional reasons, a supplement is not going to stop you. They're not going to rip the cake out of your hand and say, no, don't do that. 
like that's still on you, but they can help you with more energy. They can help reduce your appetite and they just make you feel better. You have a, a thing on your Instagram that really caught my eye. It says discipline is just choosing between what you want now and what you want most. And I was like, I need that as a bumper sticker. I need it as a t-shirt. I it was like, holy cow. Is that how you stop from going backwards at this point? I mean, I love what I do now. So I, I think that's what stops me from going backwards is because I love my lifestyle. It's mm-hmm. not easy. This world has thrown me some crazy curveballs lately with 2020, yeah. which I'm sure a lot of people are. But I, I generally like what I do. I like the workouts that I do. I like the meals that I eat. I like the routines I have with my family. Even when they get changed, we somehow always fall back into a new healthy routine because we're flexible. So you got to have flexibility, but also some structure too. So I think that's what that keeps me here because I love it so much. I, I don't want to go back to that. Not not to be insensitive, but when I was 420 pounds, I didn't feel good. I didn't, I didn't feel good about what I was accomplishing with my life. I didn't, I didn't want to do anything. And now I, I, I get to do things. I get, I get to be seen. I get, I get to share my story and help others. And that's just really, that's a, a big thing for me is just, I've been blessed to have so much support and so much so many people who have connected with my story that it it just continues to inspire me because I want to keep showing up not only for myself, but for other people too. So, well, yeah. And like you said, your, your daughter, I'm sure was a a big part of that because you know, it's, you want to be around for your kids and at 420 pounds, that's, you know, the heart can only handle that for so long. And yeah, I mean, there was a point in time when my dad came in and he, I was laying on the couch and he looked at my legs and he said, Megan, your legs are purple. And I was like, yeah, I know. And he's like, don't you think you should go to the doctor to get that checked out? And I just listened. I'm like, why? They're going to tell me I'm fat. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> and like, that was just kind of my, my thought on anything in life is all of my problems are caused because I'm fat. So <laughs> right. a lot I had to, I, that was a step I had to take was taking ownership for my choices and, and owning like I, I'm fat because of the choices I made. I, it was my mindset that got me here and it's going to be my mindset change that gets me out of this. Was there a time, was there a, a something you could point at? You said, Yep, that's what I, I did this and I just went enough. I got to change. Was there something, you know, some people call it rock bottom, whatever you want to call it. Was there a time that you're like, yeah, it's enough of being fat? Yeah, I, I know the exact day I went. It was Black Friday. I went on a train ride with my family. And afterwards, it was a miserable trip because I couldn't fit on the train. And I asked my sister if she wanted to go out to eat and we went out to Subway and she got a, she got her little salad and I got my sub and I got my daughter her sub and I was getting me my daughter chips and cookies and I asked my sister if she wanted some cookies and she said no. And I said, stop pretending you're on a diet, eat some cookies, it's going to be Christmas time. And she said, Megan, I really don't want those cookies. And I just could not comprehend in my mind somebody who really did not want to eat a cookie. And I just couldn't, could not fathom it. So I decided I wanted to try and get some of that willpower too. 
like you, you said you started this because you knew where you wanted to end up. And mm-hmm. so many times we start stuff, especially a lot of diets, they'll start off with the the quick blah, 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 you know, lose 8 million pounds in seven days. And they do that so that you think, hey, this is working. And then, of course, it's it's kind of short lived. When how long did you think it took before you went? I think I'm really going to do it this time. Oh, I knew the first day it was I uh, I wrote a journal when I first started. Mm. And in the journal, I wrote this is this is what you're going to do. And I actually made it a five-year plan Mm. and I was a little bit of a achiever and got there a little quick, but it doesn't change the fact that I still have to do all of that stuff today. So I'm still looking forward to the day when I, in five years from the date I wrote that down, that I said, I'm, I'm going to be 180 pounds on this day. Like I'm still waiting for that day because I haven't got there yet. Do you think by giving yourself, you know, five years, do you think that kind of took the pressure off then? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I think so. I, I'm telling you those those failures that I had where I lost 100 pounds and then would regrain it immediately taught me so much more than any anything that anybody could have ever taught me before this. I as frustrating as it is, and I know everybody wants to be successful the first time they lose weight. You can learn something when you have a regain. And every single person who has had a regain, if they haven't figured out why they had a regain, that would be the first step before I start a new journey is what can I do differently this time? And I had so many failures before this time that I was like, I was like, I just knew, like, I didn't care how many times I failed. I I didn't care if I fell off the wagon after a week, a month whatever. I knew I had to get back on the horse eventually every time because it wasn't an option not to to continue to do this. The minute I decided to stop hating myself and loving myself, I knew I was going to, I was going to do it. I I couldn't afford a therapist, but I had Google. (laughs) Like I I couldn't afford a trainer, but I had a three-year-old who wanted to run. I couldn't like afford somebody to cook for me, but I could make changes um, in my lifestyle to stop eating out so much so I could learn how to cook and afford to get HelloFresh by cutting back on my, my eating out expenses. Like I knew that all of my excuses were reasons why I needed to do it. And that's why I couldn't stop until I was successful. The, the, I think the one that some people are going to struggle with is, and, and you're not doing this on purpose, but it sounds like you kind of just flipped a switch in your head. Like yesterday, I hated myself. Today, I don't. It, obviously, that's not an easy thing to pull off. How did you, is it affirmations, any kind of strategy? Because I, I realize so many people, especially depending on how you were raised, and you're just told over and over you're a piece of crap. It's hard to get that out of your head. How did you manage to overcome that? Because you said you were kind of in a dark place. How did you dig yourself out of the, you know, mentally? Uh, well, supplements helped a lot because I had more energy and I felt better. Mm. Um, but also, I didn't go for love right away. Like, it, you can't really just be like, I'm a piece of crap to, oh, I love myself. Right. and nothing else in this world matters except for the fact that I love myself. So it was a little bit of a gradual process. So first thing was stopping the negative self-talk. 
if it wasn't something that I would say to a friend, I wasn't going to say it to myself. And if I caught myself doing it, then I would, I would change the script in my mind. It's hard for me because I'm like, I might be a little bit crazy, but I think people have that internal dialogue in their minds like I do, where it's like, oh, I messed up. Such an idiot. And then I would, I would make that script change. I'd be like, oh, I messed up. I need to learn how to do, do this differently. Or, oh, I had a binge. What can I learn from it? Not, oh, I had a binge. I'm I'm never going to be successful at this. Like it was an actual conscious re-scripting in my mind. Like I would catch myself getting down and, and I would re-script it to make it more positive and something that I would actually say to somebody. I didn't want to say things to myself that I wouldn't say to somebody out loud. And I think that you get really tired of rescripting yourself after yeah. a while. You're like, I'm just not going to do this. Like I did a lot of, I, I actually studied a lot of like behavioral change theories. Mm-hmm. So I used several of those at, on myself. And like anytime I would go to an- open up my pantry, I would like make myself go clean something. And I really hate cleaning. So eventually I learned to avoid the pantry. <laughs> when I was just like, I'm not going in the kitchen unless it's mealtime because I'm not cleaning anything. So I just found like little t- tips and tricks that worked for me based off of like what my behaviors were that needed to change. Yeah. So finding a way to end that negative self-talk is is a huge one. Yeah, I know I was a person that when I heard about affirmations, I was like, that sounds a little too woo-woo. But on the other hand, you even if you don't believe in affirmations, you do have affirmations. They're just negative. And when you turn those around and make them positive, you know, great things can happen. That was when I was like, oh, you know what? That is true. There, you're, you're affirming that I told you you couldn't do this. Oh, look at you, you bigot. You're, you're affirming the negative. It's like. If just- you don't believe in affirmations, you need to go to a sales school because mm-hmm. that is all sales school is. Yeah. There you go. Well, so what would you say to the person that is sitting there thinking, oh, I could, I could never do this. I couldn't lose you know, 240 pounds in, in, you know, 34 months, let alone 17, you know, what would you say to that person? Oh, number one, I would say I wouldn't compare your journey to my journey because we are all individuals and what works for me may not work for someone else. You may not have liked to have changed your lifestyle as quickly as me. Some people might not be as motivated to, to let go of things as I was. So number one, you don't have to put a time limit on it. But if you want to do it, you can. You just have to figure out a plan that's going to work for you. Because I would have never, ever, before I started my journey, believed that it would be possible for me to even get down into the 100s. And I can't imagine if I had let myself not come up with that goal. If I had stopped myself short, if I had set those limitations on myself ahead of time, I wouldn't be where I am today. So if if you don't think you can do it, then you're not going to be able to. But I'm telling you, if you allow yourself to believe it, you're going to have a whole lot better chances of getting there than if you never try. There you go. Couldn't said it better myself. If you, now if you, again, if you want more help from Megan, she offers that kind of, she has workouts, like I said, lifestyle coaching, supplements. She's got breakfast ideas, dinner ideas, which is awesome because I'm with you. I, I can't cook my way out of a paper bag. She's got <laughs> products. Everything is out there. You can check her out. See Megan Megan, thanks for coming on the show. 
Thank you for having me. Like I said, what an amazing person. Can you imagine playing, when I first heard her say, yeah, I played football, like with the dudes, I was like, oh, this is going to be an interesting story. But I love the fact that instead of focusing on the scale, what she focused on is the activities. Like, am I eating right? Am I doing in her? And that's the other thing. She picked a small goal and she said, yeah, I can do that. I can do 10 minutes a day. That's where I'm going to start. Now, obviously she's ramped up, but by picking a small goal, that you can then do, it boosts that confidence. It boosts that self-esteem. You start to like yourself more. She used a journal and she had a five-year plan. I think so many of us, look, it's taken me a decade to get where I am right now, weight-wise, and I want it off in six weeks. It's just not going to happen. So when you say, okay, it took me 10 years to get this fat, I'm going to take five years to get it off. It kind of takes some of the pressure off. The other thing I liked, she said, I changed the script. I'm here to tell you so much of our decisions are based on what we tell ourselves. And as I said in the interview there, when I was talking to her, I used to think affirmations are woo-woo. And when I'm not doing well, like right now, and as I sit here and record this, I go, you know what? I haven't been using my affirmation app. And I'll put a link to that out in the show notes. And speaking of that, if you're listening to this after November 2020, that is uh, LogicalLoss.com slash 424 will take you right to this episode with Megan. Very inspiring, very cool person. Also, supplements is another thing that I've been looking into. I've been talking with Tim James. He's the guy behind Chemical Free Body. If you go to LogicalLoss.com slash supplements, you can uh, read more about that company. And it's one of those weird things with supplements. It's finding ones that don't have a bunch of weird stuff in them. So I'm looking into that uh, coming in the future. Also, in the next episode, I'll be talking about a new kind of get paid to lose weight uh, tool that I'm playing with, which I uh, mentioned in the Logical Losers group that we have. If you're interested in that, again, go over to LogicalLosers.com. I also... Highly expect I will be down some weight the next time we see because, again, I don't want to lie to myself, and I told myself that as soon as this move was over that I would be back on track, and it's time to get back on track. So thanks so much for listening, and until next week, I will leave you with one of my favorite Jillian Michaels quotes, and that is, why are you choosing failure when success is still an option? Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. If you're listening to this on a website, please consider subscribing to us for free in iTunes by going to LogicalLoss.com forward slash iTunes. You can contact me via email by sending an email to Dave at LogicalLoss.com or call in your comments toll free, 888-563-3228. You can sign up for our free newsletter and participate in our forums at our website, which is LogicalLoss.com. Our theme music is courtesy of SkinnySongs.com. Thanks again for listening. You know, they say knowledge is power. Knowledge is only power when it's acted upon. You can do this. Live right. Lose weight. Live long. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it. Thin. I want to try it. Thin.